Hey there, what's up? <clears throat> we were listening to Billy Carson mm, but on Midas Touch. Says Republican latest scheme for Trump backfires in their faces. I'm David Hastings, and Hastings Thanks for 257K, even if it's only my censors. Let's talk about Washington. Please consider donating to my GoFundMe so we can rescue my pets. HTTPS colon slash slash GoFund dot me slash 10543A02. The U.S. House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, has announced that Republicans would open an impeachment investigation into President Joe Biden over unproven allegations like John of corruption says. in his family's business dealings. The announcement by McCarthy kicks off what are expected to be weeks of Republican-led hearings intended to convince Americans that the president profited from the business dealings of his son, Hunter Biden, and other family members. Unindicted. Besides, they're insurrectionists. Said they should be charged with misconduct and all expelled from Congress. It's unclear if the GOP has evidence to substantiate the long-running claims or even the votes for impeachment. This effort will be led by Chairman James Palmer of the Committee on Oversight, in coordination with Chairman Jim Jordan of the Judiciary Committee, and Chairman Jason Smith of Ways and Means. I do not make this decision lightly, <laughs> regardless of your party or who you voted for. These facts should concern all Americans. <laughs> the American people <gasps> deserve to know. The American people deserve to know. Public offices are not for sale. The government <laughs> is not being used to How much did you accept? Kaching. From NRA, bitch. Now I would encourage the president and his team to fully cooperate with this investigation in the interests of transparency. We are committed to getting the answers to the American public. Nothing more, nothing less. We will go wherever the evidence takes us. Now, let's be clear about what this impeachment really is. It is simply retaliation. It is not based in truth or fact. It is not for evidence. For legal reasons. Or kind of like me and my pets. Reasons. It is purely because there is an election coming up next year. And Donald Trump cost taxpayers a quarter million dollars. Uh, 
Help me rescue my pets. Help. Rescue. My pets. All donations of any, um, people call me Maurice, doing it wrong, 10543, little A, 02. Artwork. Scenes from my ranch before they took away all my pets. controlling the speaker and controlling senior Republicans via his connections, uh, Haley Stefanik and Marjorie Taylor Greene, two people that he has met with or spoken with in the last few days and directly communicated what he wants. Now, of course, Trump is still furious about his two impeachments. He might parade the fact that they were not ratified in the Senate and that he got off, but in truth, you know, he does not want to be a president that was twice impeached, and he has been trying to have those impeachments expunged via his, via his surrogates in the, uh, in the Senate and in the, in the House. And one of them, let's not forget what they were for, one of them was for extorting Vladimir Zelensky in that phone call where he was trying to get dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden dug up in Ukraine uh, in return for, you know, hold, holding back support to Ukraine. And the second was, of course, for that small thing, uh, trying to overturn the US election. So two things um, that are effective. Doing you wrong, doing you wrong. Oh, they took down, took it down because it has a GoFundMe, I think. things um, that are effectively serious and significant enough that you would want to I'm glad I got a photo of it I think check the box for a jury trial so basically it's going to be up to judge Arthur and Goron who has given old diaper Donald no favors until this point so because of the incompetence of a stupid lawyer 
Trump's toast, toast, exciting, so exciting to me, Hunter Steph, President, and I approve of this message. She hobbled herself, ha 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 Hey guys, I've got some great news for you. This is hilarious. You know Elaine Haba, the lawyer for Donald Duck as Trump? Well, guess what? She forgot to check the box for a jury trial. So basically, it's going to be up to Judge Arthur Ngoron, who has given old Diaper Donald no favors until this point. So because of the incompetence of a stupid lawyer, Trump's toast, toast, exciting, so exciting to me, Hunter Steph, President, and I approve of this message. <laughs> she she hobbled herself. <laughs> Hey guys, I've got some great news for you. This is exciting. This is hilarious. You know Elaine Haba, the Okay. Come on, Trista. Okay. Let's get back to the show. You know that you would want to impeach a president to domestic issues that are have ramifications for that president. What they're trying to do with Joe Biden, of course, now bear in mind they've been investigating him now for nearly two years and so far have come up with no evidence to suggest that there was any impropriety. They are now using impeachment as a kind of headline to give the impression that Joe Biden has done wrong without any change in the circumstances, without any new evidence. They claim they had a whistleblower and that turned out to be nothing. Time and time again, their claims that Joe Biden has been involved in shady dealings come to nothing. And in a way, using an impeachment as an excuse to find something which they haven't yet found, despite two years of investigations, is the reason why it is a sham impeachment. It is not an equivalent impeachment to the two previous impeachments of Donald Trump. So let's be clear about the difference, because Republicans are running out of ideas of how to install or reinstall the disgraced former President Trump back in the White House. They're not having much luck with their policies. They are not having much luck using the kind of traditional far-right and conservative rhetoric under Joe Biden. People seem to recognize that he is not an enemy of the state. He's not compromised, as Donald Trump is. And people would rather stay with the safety and security of Joe Biden. So Republicans are having to come up with a methodology that might seem unconventional, but to them is a last-ditch attempt to try and put Donald Trump back in the White House and that is to impeach Joe Biden in an election year. And Joe Biden, of course, is laughing it off because he knows it's ridiculous. He, he said, well, because it's not true. When a Fox News um, reporter kind of put a question to him about, you know, business dealings and him being on speakerphone at Burisma, where Hunter Biden was working. Joe Biden's been very clear throughout that he never had any business dealings with Hunter Biden, famously saying to his son when he took the job at Burisma, I hope you know what you're doing. Now, Joe Biden's not an idiot. 
He's been in public service his whole life, and he knows that to allow any kind of interference of of his son's private business dealings with his work as vice president at the time would be unacceptable. He's not the type of person to cross the streams like that. In contrast, of course, to the, the Trump crime family, where we have people like Jared Kushner doing a deal just a couple of days after Trump's presidency ended with Saudi Arabia to the tune of $2 billion. And as you know, Jared Kushner was courting the Saudis throughout Trump's presidency. Hunter Biden has never worked in the White House. He's never been part of Joe Biden's administration or Barack Obama's administration. He has nothing to do with politics. The difference with Donald Trump, of course, is that his entire family were working for him in the White House. They were either advisors or they were surrogates or they worked on trade or international relations. They were intrinsically linked to Donald Trump. And so any shady dealings by Donald Trump's family are, of course, a, an issue for Donald Trump. So it's just important to understand and get some clarity between the two essential impeachments. And let's be clear, Donald Trump should really have been impeached the first time for trying to extort Ukraine. And that should have been ratified in the Senate. And therefore, the impeachment should have not been wiped clean. And then he would not have necessarily been able to continue as a president. Just uh, for press, Trump for president. Was pretty early on in his presidency. So, you know, this is where, unfortunately, the Republicans who were prepared to bail out Donald Trump at whatever cost got themselves into hot water because now they're stuck. They know that he's not a winning candidate. They know that he has not been successful for them last time around or even in the midterms. And so to have him on the ballot for 2024 is not helpful. But they haven't lined up anybody else. Trump is still pulling the strings. He's still a rock star in these Republican circles. And consequently, they're kind of stuck with him. And the other issue is Kevin McCarthy did a deal with the devil to get his speakership. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and these type of people. And they are taking their direction from Donald Trump. Donald Trump wants Joe Biden impeached doesn't care whether there's any truth to it. He doesn't care whether it's factual or what the outcome will be. He just wants the process put in place. Whether they have the votes for it or not is not the point. It is causing more chaos of the American political system, especially in the run-up to the election. And for that reason, it is essential that the truth come out, that the facts come out. And, you know, my fear is that Joe Biden will just brush it off and be like, Haha, well, they don't know what they're talking about because he is marinating in the facts, but they are not. And the MAGA Republicans, they don't care for the facts. They probably know deep down that there is not an impeachment trial to be had, but they're just going for it anyway. This is the last act of a desperate party running out of ways to secure any kind of victory at the ballot box in 2024.
I'm Anthony Davis. You can hear me every day on the 5-Minute News podcast. Okay, back to the show. Um, my just touch. Okay, Let's see what else. Georgia prosecutor latest move is total nightmare for Trump. Great, and co-defendants. Come on with your hands up, motherfucking traitor Trump. Game's over. That was a warning shot, bitch. Go directly to jail. Do not pass. Go. This is Michael Popak, co-anchor of Legal AF on the Midas Touch Network. Mark Meadows likes to take no for an answer. He's gotten at least two no's from federal judge Stephen Jones about his attempt to take his case kicking and screaming out of Scott McAfee's courtroom in Georgia and bring it over to federal court to have his case tried there. He claims he's a federal officer that he was performing federal officer duties, that he's got a federal defense, and that entitles him to go try his case over at a different courthouse in front of a different judge on a different uh, timetable, I assume. And so far, he's gotten two big no's from Judge Jones. First one was Judge Jones ruling against him, even after Mark Meadows took the calculated risk to testify. And he said, no, uh, you're a federal officer, I guess, but you're not performing federal duties when you committed the alleged crimes that are as part of the indictment. So go back to state court. And then Meadows said, but please, can you stay the case and keep it with you while we litigate the issue at the appellate court? The 11th Circuit, Judge Jones said, nope, not doing that either, because I find that your appeal doesn't have merit, or it's you're unlikely to succeed on the merits of that case, and I don't see the irreparable harm of you having to participate in the Georgia state court proceedings at the current time. There's really nothing going on. You're not set for trial. It's unlikely you'll go to trial this year. So I don't really see the need for a stay. And, and in fact, Judge Jones was backed up, if you will, um, and confirmed in his decision-making by Judge McAfee in the state court, who looked at the very same issue and said to everyone, including Mark Meadows, you are a defendant in my courtroom until you are not a defendant in my courtroom. And I'm not granting any stays because Mr. Meadows, for instance, you've got an appeal that's up at the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals that sits in Atlanta over several states, including Georgia. But that's not going to be tried until, I don't know, you're going to get a decision in September. I'm not doing anything in your state case probably until December. So you've got plenty of time. We talk about that and this shuttlecock that Mark Meadows is doing between state and federal court. The others are watching it, trying to get some content, some context, on this midweek edition of Legal AF with Karen Friedman, Nifolo, and me. Get up to our elbows in it. And here's a clip. I hope you'll enjoy. Returning to our substance of our podcast, including our our uh, indefatigable producer, Salty, who found for us, as we were recording, a new decision that just popped out, or a new filing by Fawny Willis, I should say, about the very thing we're about to talk about, which is whether Mark Meadows is going to be able to get his removal, take his case, a state prosecution from state over to federal court as a federal officer. Now, let me tease it, and then, and if Karen, you had time to read during my, my ad reads, could I? I did too. read it. <laughs> so I'm glad we don't have to do the ad reads live. We have the little, we have the commercials. 
Um, and, and, and frankly, I'll tease that. It's about what you and I and Ben and I had said she was going to do. You were a little worried that she, because we did a hot take on this, that she was going, that Fawny was going to be like, well, I already admitted he was a federal officer. That may be. The question that the 11th Circuit posed in, in their, uh, by, through their clerk, because we don't really know who the panel is that's, that's taking up the appeal by Mark Meadows. It's like, hey, we're going we're gonna to have an expedited hearing about whether this removal should have happened or whether Judge Jones was right or not. But there's something that's bothering us about this, the removal statute and its application in this case. And everybody leaned forward and said, what is it? And the clerk said, this is the issue we want briefed in advance of this anonymous panel that will not be anonymous as soon as we get the briefing schedule out. Um, and hear, hear oral argument, if there is oral argument, because they've suggested that perhaps they're not even going to do oral argument on it, they'll do it on the papers. The question they had is, hey, when you read the removal statute, it says a federal officer has the right to do it. It implies present tense. Mark Meadows is not a present tense federal officer. He's a former federal officer, having been the chief of staff for Donald Trump back in the day. Does he get a removal right as a former federal officer and we said on our hot take and although you were slightly concerned about her funny most having conceded that he was a federal officer said well look if you look at the text of the two provisions that the 11th circuit seemed to be concerned about there's a good argument that it means present tense not past tense when you compare and contrast the two two provisions that the panel asked us to compare and contrast that's exactly that textual analysis is exactly where Fawny Willis, you know, she's she's no dummy. She's the opposite. She's a, she's really really smart, and she said, okay, I got a way to frame this for whatever panel I'm going to get on on the 11th Circuit, because you're right. You look at all the cases, and it's that one thing that you and I talked about on our hot take just recently, which is what is the federal purpose behind the removal, and it and it is at core to prevent a state interfering with a federal office or function. That is not what's going on in this alleged case in the indictment. It's not a federal officer whose, whose duties are being interfered with by the state. It's a state election process that's being interfered with by the feds. And so the public policy or federal preemption or federal policy that's that's embedded within the statute isn't present with especially in the form of a former officer who's claiming that something he did in the past is somehow now being criminalized. That's where she went in her briefing. You've got it up. I know you'll do a little bit more. Last, last point to kind of tie it into your, your commentary is how do we get here? Remember, and for those that are new to the show, I would say remember as if you're following every hot take and every episode of our show. Why aren't you, by the way? I do. Not. But if you're not... Let me just, I'll bring, we like these to be standalone episodes, although they are cumulative as well. I'll bring, we like these to be standalone episodes, although they are cumulative as well. Meadows tried to assert that he was a federal officer, at least at the time, and that he had the right under the federal officer removal statute take his case and have it tried somewhere else. He gets the prosecutor, Fawny Willis, he gets the Georgia law, the Georgia indictment. It's not a federal case in that sense. It's not a federal uh, federal indictment for the purposes of a future presidential pardon. 
it just gets tried in a different courthouse presided over by a federal judge under the federal rules of civil uh, federal rules of criminal procedure. Okay, he tried, he failed. Judge found that under no circumstances had he met any of the tests, or at least the, 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 the main the main test is that he was performing federal functions, his job description as a federal officer, uh, which is at the heart of the indictment. The judge says, no, I looked at the heart of the indictment. I looked at the outer boundaries of your responsibilities, which you, Mr. Meadows, could not even tell me what they were. So I don't even credit anything that you told me when you testified. I had to figure it out myself. And looking at the Hatch Act, which gave me the outer boundaries, which means if you're a federal officer and you're getting paid to do your job, you're not supposed to be campaigning or doing things for in favor of a campaign for presidential or any kind of candidate. And that's what you did. Out of the seven things you're alleged to have done, which are at the heart of the indictment, or eight things, seven of them are, you're, you're working for candidate Trump, not doing your chief of staff duty. So he then ruled, sorry, bye-bye. Meadows then says, um, and this is where I think he got it wrong. I want to hear your opinion. He files a couple of motions immediately, Meadows, his lawyers, George Terwilliger, to um, stop, block the issue with the judge, uh, the federal judge. In other words, I want to stay in federal court. Don't let me, I don't even want to be remanded back to state court. Let's enjoin, block, or stay the order of the uh, federal judge while it's up on appeal. So he filed with the, he asked the, the 11th Circuit, while they're looking at the substance of his brief, the substance of his appeal, the merits of his appeal, he, wants, he wanted a stay, like an emergency stay, which the 11th Circuit, as of right now, is not granted. He asked the federal judge to do the same thing. The state court, bad things could happen. A trial could happen in October with me. I don't want that to happen. And the judge evaluated that and, and reached a conclusion, Karen, that you could talk about. Uh, the weird thing is, is where he didn't file a motion for stay. If I had an issue with federal court, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get the appellate version of federal court to rule in my favor. I'm sitting in state court. I would also file a motion with Judge McAfee and say to Judge McAfee, Hey, Judge McAfee, I'm Mark Meadows. I'm next door across the street in the Northern District of Georgia federal court, and I'd like to stay there. I've got an appeal you might have heard about. In the meantime, you're making all sorts of decisions down here. Can you just stay the case against me while I litigate and, the, and do my appellate process oh, yeah, over man. there? And he didn't do that. And so things are just moving along in the meat grinder that is Georgia and Judge McAfee while the federal court does its thing. I don't think the 11th Circuit is going to issue a stay because they're doing an expedited briefing, fast briefing schedule on the merits of the appeal instead. Where do you think we are with all this, and what do you think it means also for the other three or four people, including Donald Trump, who are thinking, hmm, maybe I'll try the, the uh, federal removal two-step and see if that works? I love that Fonnie Willis just said it doesn't that this removal doesn't apply to former federal officers for a couple of reasons. Prosecutors don't get to make mistakes. You don't get to, on the one hand, say in her filing to Judge Jones, uh, you know, with the three elements for removal, you have to be a federal officer, you have to have been performing within your the scope of your job, and you have to have a federal defense. You know, Judge Jones says, look, you know, the state concedes, number one, that, that, the, that the federal officer applies to you. And then to turn around now and say, oops, I didn't mean it, it actually doesn't apply to former, former um, 
agent, you know, federal employees because you're former, you're not current. So, you know, if prosecutors just can't make mistakes, you, you have the burden to prove your case beyond a reasonable doubt. And you're supposed to be the smartest person in the room. If you make a mistake in front of a judge, if you argue the wrong law, they will not necessarily trust you the next time. They're going to look and say, are you really sure? Because you said this, but you weren't correct when you when you change your mind. And, and she, so she should be sure, 100% sure, if she did change her position, that that is the correct law. And I'm not sure we know. Because the law, she, what she did was she argued the stat, the plain language of the statute, the statutory construction leaves, do, doesn't say former, it just says current, you know, or just says in federal employees, which implies current federal employees. And that, that in other areas of that same statute, it talks about uh, when, when the Congress intended to, to cover former federal employees, that it they know how to say that and since they didn't say it here therefore it must not apply and so i think that i don't know, really understand why the 11th circuit asked for briefing on this issue perhaps there's another case that they're considering where this issue came up and and so it's an issue they're already considering maybe it's something they thought of on their own whatever it is uh, to take that position, I would think that she would want to, she would want to be sure. Um, but in, in any event, you know, look, I think there are cases of former law enforcement, federal law enforcement, who um, they might be able to point to that it counts, uh, that it counts for, but let's see what they rule. And hopefully she is right. And hopefully she is 100% sure. And that's why she changed. But I just don't like when a prosecutor yeah. makes a mistake. We've got a new filing by Meadows where he is basically told the court, because I think it was simultaneous filing, it's a little unusual, so nobody gets an advantage. He argued there, ha there isn't a case that discusses this issue for 140 years of jurisprudence, and, that, and he thinks um, he's right that it has to apply to former federal officers as well, because like, who would take the job if they didn't have the ability, I guess in his view, to when sued for something they did back when they were a federal officer, I have a motorcycle outside my recording that's very excited um, about removal. Apparently, um, that if like like they need to they need to have the ability to have that kind of protection for things they did while they were federal officers. Because look, there is a revolving door between government and private sector, and so his argument, I presume, is some version of um, it doesn't say it doesn't apply. Even though it's sort of written in the past tense, he differentiates the textual reading and points to the fact that there's no case that's ever been decided, including a recent one involving Donald Trump. If they want to cite a case, they can cite the case of um, the, out of your office um, about Stormy Daniels, where Judge Hellerstein just in May or so ruled that Donald Trump had the ability to seek federal removal under the removal statute as a former federal officer. But um, failed because, you know, uh, covering up a, an affair with your mistress is not part of your presidential duties. So, you know, we're, it, this is this is why, you know, we're trying to catch these things as they happen, analyze them, look at them, analyze them in real time. We'll continue to follow it um, and uh, see what happens with Mark Meadows, who has now an expedited uh, ability to argue the merits of his case in front of a merits panel of the 11th Circuit don't think they need to stay anything because, frankly, there's nothing coming up in Judge McAfee's courtroom. He's one of 17. And um, if he wants to be heard from about scheduling, he can be. 
but they're not. He's waived or he will waive a speedy trial. He, he's not going to be set for trial in October. And so nothing's burning down the house over in Fulton County that requires the 11th Circuit to move any quicker than they're moving. And they'll move and we'll get a we'll get a decision in the month of September about whether Mark Meadows, a whether fe uh, federal officers who used to be federal officers get to use the statute under 11th Circuit precedent and two, whether Mark Meadows has the, the qualifications to bring his case over the federal court. Well, there you have it. That's a hot take that comes right from this week's edition. It was about an hour long of Legal AF, the leading podcast at the intersection of law and politics that I co-anchor Wednesdays and Saturdays. That was the Wednesday edition with Karen Friedman at Niffalo. And we do it like that every week. We curate the best five issues uh, that we think MTN lawyers. That would bring in would benefit Exclamation point. Hit me up. need to know at that intersection at that corner of law okay, and politics and we bring it to hey, you Popak. in hot takes just like hey, Popak, what do you think about Midas Touch Network lawyers helping out on a landmark case the proceeds could power all of our political campaigns and the Midas Touch pack hit me up that one so if you like it get it on the YouTube oh lordy ah. what am I sleepy for I had a nice nap See what other people say. No matter how you slice it or try to spin it, trying to change the outcome of a free and fair election is not any part of anybody's federal duties. <laughs> yeah. Nightmares for Trump and his criminal co-conspirators is goodness for liberty, freedom, and democracy. Indeed. Never get any uh, response comments because they're... Too offensive, you Trista.
I am enjoying seeing all these arrogant and underhanded Republicans finally being held accountable for their actions. I'm enjoying seeing them lose their minds with indignation about it even more. Republicans. That's a good one. MAGA won't admit Trump is guilty of it. That was, uh, who said that? Ooh, Leanza. MAGA won't, won't admit Trump is guilty of any crime because that would mean admitting he made fools of them all. Meadows reminds me of that quote. When people get used to preferential treatment, equal treatment seems like discrimination. Thomas Sowell. Just another strong reason to get out and vote blue. Nobody is above the law. Meadows should not even get a chance to be pardoned ever. Vote. You think that, yeah, a lot of smart people in these comments. Midas Mighty are the best. Judge Cannon's dangerous plan is uncovered with, oh my god, still letting her fuck, fuck things up. GOP gets fact-checked to their faces over disastrous scheme. Six hours ago. Call your cable company and cancel your subscription. This new groundbreaking discovery gives you access to your favorite channels and I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. The behavior of Donald Trump and these MAGA Republicans is just getting weirder and weirder and also more dangerous. There's absolutely nothing normal about this and we can't normalize it. I want to show you right now the latest from your favorite show on the Midas Touch Network, the Alien Super Show. And you're not going to believe, it's hard to say that, you're not going to believe what Donald Trump said at the latest rally and what these MAGA Republicans are saying. Maybe you will believe it, but anyway, here's the Alien Super Show. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. Oh, GOP donors are privately pushing Senator Tim Scott to give more details about his private life, your single status. GOP donors need a guy to have at least two ex-wives if they're going to donate. <laughs> Bonus if one's buried on a golf course. <laughs> what is your status? Well, obviously, uh, at this point, I'm taken. I have a wonderful girlfriend. God has blessed me with a smart Christian woman. <laughs> Not like those dumb Christian morons I see on the campaign trail all the time. We, we met your mom. Will we meet her? Will we meet your girlfriend? You will, of course, at some point. Okay. Great. Great. <laughs> You'll uh, get to meet her after I'm elected president. She might, she might, she couldn't make the inauguration. She, um, she had an emer she's a veterinarian. There was an emergency. Maybe this is like a Lars and the real girl situation. <laughs> Can I meet your girlfriend? I'd like to make a sexist comment to her face on air. If you're wearing something, please get naked. That goes for you two no. ladies. Let's take a second and think about Molly's quad development. Okay, we're done. <laughs> I've long been a proponent of deltoid exposure. <laughs> this is like, see? You make my dinner, will you? Absolutely. Okay, so I'll Jam some stuffing. What are you gonna do to her? No, Tim, don't show, don't introduce them to her. It's not worth it. Protect her. All right, guys, we gotta move on. The humans are trying to destroy the planet before we invade it. Well, the media says this is the hottest summer of all time. 
Impossible to verify. Impossible to know unless you watch the news. It has never been this hot. So congratulations. 20 straight days that we've been over 100. Over 30 straight days. The oceans have been the hottest they've ever been. And we don't know if the scientists are cooking the books. Are scientists cooking the books on the pavement that's so hot and it fries <laughs> like an egg? Prestigious scientific journals only publish papers that fit the narrative. This is because these studies are often bought and paid for by government grants. I love how as Jesse's trying to discredit climate scientists, there's a literal B-roll montage yes. of climate change <laughs> devastation playing right next to him. Someone in that control room is getting taken out and beaten with a sock full of nickels right now. Like, you're not supposed to play the real stuff. So is the government controlling the weather with laser beams? <laughs> Wait, are they? All this climate change alarmism yeah. is based on bad science. I mean, how much more are we going to waste? These windmills, according to an earlier report on your network, are killing the whales. According to a crazy person who was on this network earlier, <laughs> I guess I'll just repeat that. Ron Johnson, famous whale rights activist. <laughs> they love the whales in Wisconsin. Are windmills killing, because uh, Trump's whole thing was that windmills cause cancer. And they say the noise causes cancer. And that's why he didn't want windmills instead of the real reason, which is that they block rich people's view of things. We're going to give money to nations like Angola and Africa. Yes, the very large island nation. <laughs> to develop solar energy, not develop your fossil fuels because we say so. It's essentially Dang. climate colonialism. It's racist. It's racist. And I know racist yeah. because look, <laughs> look where I work. The last month, the heat wave in the Southwest broke records nearly 50 years old. Do you believe in human behavior is causing climate change? Breaking. Fox, for the first time, doesn't use climate change as a hacky punchline. This global warming That's stuff, right. <laughs> so cold, bundle up. It might make you wonder, what happened to global warming? I'd actually like a little more global warming. We'll know when we're dying of like a combination of heat stroke and all the like ailments that come with global warming when Fox News does their like big like okay we got it wrong <laughs> and then that'll be like minutes away from the earth like melting into water this made me think of just like if Fox News was reporting from the Titanic okay there was an iceberg it did hit we are sinking yeah except the yeah. difference is if if they were on the Titanic they would be like the people standing on the tip as the at, like the last people on the ship as it goes down and they'd be like okay who here believes that the Titanic hit an iceberg. I don't know about you guys, but I'm the king of the world. <laughs> Are global surface temperatures going up? The answer appears to be yes. Is that related in some way to man-made causes? The answer appears to be yes. Is that anywhere close to an existential risk for humanity? Absolutely not. No. Am I already hoarding water? Yes. <laughs> Is it an existential threat? Not for me. I'm rich. <laughs> me and Peter Thiel and 45 other billionaires are going to live in a super cool biome that none of you know about. Just because you weren't shameless enough to do a pump and dump scheme with a phony <laughs> Alzheimer's drug. Oh, I just don't care about him, I guess. Until he's president. <laughs> I know. Speaking of... And now we are a nation that wants to make our great army tanks all electric <laughs> so that despite the fact that they will not be able to go very far either, <laughs> few pollutants will be released into the air as we blast our way through enemy territory. <laughs> okay, I am normally pretty good at this game. I okay. think it's the soundtrack. 
to Saving Private Ryan. I am not sure. <laughs> oh, okay. I, at first, I was going to say October Sky, that Jake Gyllenhaal movie <laughs> that has more of a fiddle tune than a than like mm-hmm. a vi- like a yeah. concert violin. I think it's Saving Private Ryan. Gleep, can you cue this up next time Zotox goes on a rant? We are a nation that apologizes for our co-stars on that 70s show committing sexual assaults even though they appeared to be nice people on camera and we had a good laugh and they weren't even the foreign exchange student imagine that i study history this area the big ben got hit by a storm almost the exact same track in 1896 so the idea that we've not had powerful storms until recently that's just not factually true you have to ask why are you trying to politicize the weather i study history just not black people's yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're acting like american slavery is the first time we've ever had slavery actually slavery existed before that in other countries boom roasted boom <laughs> Got you. Yes, this straw man is burning up completely, but that's not the first time that's happened. <laughs> yeah. The idea that Democrats and scientists are politicizing the weather, this has been known since before Al Gore. Even now, man may be unwittingly changing the world's climate through the waste products of his civilization. Our atmosphere seems to be getting warmer. This is bad. <laughs> this is the global warming industry this guy got rich and that suit that's armani i think he's a greedy scientist taking that money so he can spend it on microscopes microscopes and whores this burning man they're locked in they're not allowed to leave being brainwashed that climate change is the cause of all of it there will literally be burning men like people burning and marjorie taylor green will be like well the left is going to tell you that these people are on fire and it's going to be their new lie and it's the amount of carbon that we put out it's manufacturing it's our it's our gas and diesel engines it's it's you know agriculture wow she knows a lot about um what's causing climate change for (laughs) someone who doesn't who doesn't believe in it (laughs) i think she might be the expert on the left and many others said that the the earth is going to literally explode in a ball of fire we're going to all die it's going to be the end of the world 2030 2030 2030 40 50 alex jones is the person who's most likely to benefit from climate change and rising sea levels because he could finally have salt water to clear his damn throat give me some of that ocean uh, much better give me some of that ocean put it in my mouth on InfoWars we'll sell you five gallons of sea salt water for $450 with promo code I'm a real man hello I'm Spornak thanks for watching Alien Super Show share your thoughts and feels in the comments we want to hear it we, we really read them all uh, we really do new episodes of Alien Super Show are posted first on Midas Touch Network for more Alien Super Show, give us a follow on YouTube, X, Instagram, TikTok, all the platforms. We're there. All right, gotta go. Bye. Team free gift. Check out this free gift on Timu. Timu is offering this breezy tank top for free as part of their clearance sale. Embrace the.
it, it did. That climate change is the cause of all of it. There will literally be burning men, like people burning. <laughs> and Marjorie Taylor Greene will be like, well, the left is going to tell you that these people are on fire. Pretty cool alien super show. Oh, this alien super show. Night I'm gonna party like it's 1999. So let's go back to, uh, oh, Democrats completely shred Republicans at new hearings 13 hours ago. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Democrats return to Congress with fury, ready to push back against MAGA Republican nonsense, lies, and gaslighting. And I know a lot of people say Democrats need to become better messengers. I hear that over again, but this new class of Democrats, I think, are pitch perfect messengers. Let's go through what occurred at the various congressional committee hearings. This is Democratic Congress member Dan Goldman, who talked about how President Zelensky was able to stand up to Donald Trump's threats and extortion, unlike the Republican Party, which has caved and is now pursuing an impeachment inquiry of President Biden. Play the clip. And so why are we going to spend the next few months on a bogus and sham impeachment inquiry? Because Donald Trump wants them to. And Donald Trump has been calling them and urging them to do it because he was impeached twice. One of those impeachments of Donald Trump was because he tried to extort the president of Ukraine to investigate Hunter Biden. The president of Ukraine refused. Unfortunately, House Republicans don't have the spine that President Zelensky has, and they are now doing Donald Trump's bidding. Next up, Democratic Congress member Jared Moskowitz. Here, Jared Moskowitz says, do the MAGA Republicans think that we just forgot that Jared Kushner received $2 billion from the Saudis? Yeah. And unlike Hunter, Jared Kushner had a official position in the government that was, wait a minute, uh, running America's Middle East policy when in fact Jared Kushner couldn't get a security clearance? Play this clip of Jared Moskowitz. We sit here, we hear our colleagues bring up certain things like, oh, the, the Biden family took money from a foreign entity, right? And, and it's just like, well, really? 
I mean, do, do, they, do they really not know that Jared Kushner took $2 billion from the Saudis? I mean, by the way, they go on Twitter and blame the Saudis for 9-11. But then Jared Kushner, who, by the way, was not a wealth expert before he worked in the White House, nor was he a Middle East expert before he worked there, gets $2 billion from the Saudis, and they don't, they don't have any questions. And I just think that the American people recognize that they have no credibility. It's why the stuff they've been selling in this committee for nine months has not translated, which is why they got to start it all over again. Uh, it, it just, you, you don't have any credibility when you only want to look at, at one side of the coin, right? Next up, Democratic Congress member Robert Garcia, who also points out that what really should be looked at is Jared Kushner getting $2 billion from the Saudis. Play this clip. Why are women everywhere choosing Abby X, the new tummy tuck alternative? I got the tummy tuck results. Jared Kushner getting $2 billion from the Saudis. Play this clip. Madam Speaker, I rise today to urge House Republicans to investigate one of the modern American scandals and political cons. Now, why did the Saudi government give Jared Kushner $2 billion just months after he left the Trump White House? Kushner, who oversaw Middle East policy for his father-in-law, has enriched himself and his family in what is clearly an enormous grift and likely serious conflict of interest crimes. So let's review. First, Jared Kushner conned his way to a cushy White House job with no clear job description and no experience. Then he took it upon himself to prioritize pushing out the U.S. Secretary of State so he could cozy up to the Saudi government. Now, once he was close enough to the Saudis, we have records of a $110 billion arms deal between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia that was inflated at the direction of Jared Kushner. Then mere months after Kushner exits the White House, what happens? The Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia overrules his own investment advisors and sends $2 billion to Kushner's company's bank account. Now, in the exact words of Republican Chris Christie, who I'll quote, the grift from this family is breathtaking. It's breathtaking. Jared Kushner and Ivanka Kushner walk out of the White House and months later, get $2 billion from the Saudis. Now, some colleagues from across the aisle have explicitly said the Kushner family has engaged in business dealings that may have crossed the ethical line, and I agree, yet they refuse to act. Is this the same party that's obsessed with President Biden's family? And the American people deserve answers, and I urge my colleagues across the aisle to answer all our calls and subpoena Jared Kushner's company once and for all. Thank you, and I yield back. Next up, AOC, Democratic Congresswoman. And AOC's like, look, so the mega Republicans wanted to hold a hearing on the courts, but not address the actual corruption in the courts. Let's take this one example. How about right-wing extremist Supreme Court Justice uh, Alito? Uh, let's talk about what Alito did and how he got taken on a fishing trip and then ruled in favor of a large corporation that then made that corporation and CEO $2.4 billion. Play the clip. He did not. He did not recuse himself from this case. And in fact, he used his seat on the Supreme Court after all of this to rule in Singer's favor. And following the decision, Mr. Singer's hedge fund 
was ultimately paid $2.4 billion because of this ruling. Not a bad return on investment for a uh, fishing trip there. Now, Professor Clark, would a federal judge in a lower court be required to recuse themselves? The gentlelady's time has expired. May I answer the question, sir? I think uh, the discretion of the chair, yes, you can answer Thank the question. Thank you, sir. Um, yes, there's a federal statute, I believe it's 28 U.S.C. 455, that does require recusal by both justices and judges under certain circumstances. Thank you. Nice. Here's AOC on the courts again. Play the clip. Hearing Now, when I first heard that the Republican side was going to be calling a hearing on third-party influence in our courts, I was so excited because I thought, finally, we are going to address the biggest scandal in American democracy currently having, that we are currently having right now, which is the extraordinary corruption and wholesale purchase of members of the Supreme Court. And um, I also find it amusing that we just heard from the Republican side, oh, why do we want to talk about this? Because women have lost the right to choose because indigenous people have lost rights, because minorities have lost rights, because working people across the country have lost rights due to this level of corruption. And if we're gonna talk about third parties, let's talk about the Federalist Society, which has not only had deep ties to Justice Clarence Thomas and his wife, Ginny, but has also helped choose judicial nominees for the Republican Party and directed multi-million dollar media campaigns to confirm them, including a multi-million dollar media campaign for Justice Alito, who uh, seems to like using the Wall Street Journal as his personal press secretary. Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and lower productivity? Sleep? Yeah. So ordered. And then, um, okay. I would now like to yield five minutes to Ms. ocasio Cortez that reached out in anticipation of this hearing today with letters outlining their stances on the issue. I'd like to enter into the record letters to the committee from the American Tort Reform Association, American Pro Property Casualty Insurance Association, the Advanced Medical Technology Association, the Institute for Legal Reform, the International Legal Finance Association, National Association of Manufacturers, uh, Jerry Theododro at the R Street Institute without objection, so ordered. And then, um, who's, okay. I would now like to yield five minutes to Ms. Ocasio-Cortez. Thank you. And I, um, I, I, I thank for the listing of all the special interests involved in addition uh, in this um, in this hearing. Now, here is Democratic Congress Member Ro Khanna, I think, asking some really tough and important questions of the Johnson and Johnson lawyer who has, I think, completely inflated the price of an important leukemia drug, whereas Johnson and Johnson makes record profits. But apparently the witness who showed up um, wasn't able to answer the questions. Watch Democratic Congress member Ro Khanna play the clip. Trying to trick you. It, it treats leukemia. Uh, do you know uh, what the price that Johnson & Johnson has set for it? I do not have that on it's, my fingers. Uh, it's $484 per capsule per tablet, which works out to about $14,000 per month, which works out to about $160,000 per year for leukemia patients. Now, do you know, or I can tell you, how much money, gross revenue, the Johnson & Johnson has made from this drug over the last 10 years? Congressman, it's not something that I'm an expert at, not something sure. I'm here to uh, testify to. $22 billion. 
Do you know the gross profits of Johnson & Johnson in 2023? I couldn't tell you that. $65 billion. So just to recap, you've got a pill for leukemia patients. You sell it at 484 per capsule. That's $160,000 a year. You've made $22 billion over that over the last 10 years, and you're making $65 billion in profit. Now, we have passed as a Congress, and the president has signed a bill saying, you know what, let Medicare negotiate to try to bring that price down. And you, uh, in your department, because you're assistant general counsel, have filed a lawsuit saying that that negotiation